The EPL Show on the Soccer Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season is back at MyBookie and they're now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win and get paid. We're also brought to you by the leaders in Daily Fantasy, DraftKings. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week two action. Enter the code SGP to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code SGP. Only at DraftKings. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get advantage of the sportsbook with NBA, NHL, college football, MLB, and NFL all back in action? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to betql.co and enter the code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. That's betql.co and the promo code SGP20. And finally, we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just head over to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. You are listening to the EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow me on my Twitter account at SGPEPL. But of course, all roads lead to my website, LockBetting.com, where we are coming off one of the most unbelievable weeks in history. You all know what we did in the soccer because you listened to this podcast last week where we swept the entire show, Lock, Dog and Parlay, and that continued on throughout the other soccer picks, going 11-2 for the week. 100% 7-0 in the NBA, 6-0 ATS with the NFL and a 100% 3-0 sweep from the US Open Tennis as well. We are on absolute fire. There is no better time to sign up. Sign up in time for NFL Week 2 on Sunday and, of course, the EPL fixtures, which I'm going to cover right now. That's lockbetting.com. £3,064 profit last month, just short of $4,000. And the month before, where we covered our futures picks, 7555 That's over $9,000. We are doing those futures right now. They will be released in the next couple of days. You have already missed out on the EPL futures. Don't miss out on the European futures and don't miss out on the European show, which returns this weekend only at lockbetting.com. That's where you can also get your Serie A season preview. However, on the Soccer Gambling Podcast, you can get your Bundesliga preview combined with a rundown of the week one fixtures. So just one Bundesliga show to listen to because I've also decided to give you guys a bonus show. The La Liga preview will be here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. So you will get a La Liga preview. We'll also look at some of the week one games. But moving forward, La Liga, Serie A and all other European leagues will be covered exclusively on the European show on lockbetting.com. And right here on the Soccer Gambling podcast every week you will get das bundesliga show you will get the epl show and you will get the champions league show when the champions league resumes so as i mentioned we are coming off a perfect start lock dog and parlay plus 275 money line dog on newcastle let me hear that guy that said that i just pick very easy favorites let me hear you speaking right now off the back of a plus 275 dog and a 25 and 21 dog record last season this moron not understand that this show has a format the lock will always be situated somewhere between minus 110 
and minus 200, usually below minus 150. Last week, we took it bang on minus 150. That is the concept of the lock. It is my favorite play under the minus 200 price. That is what the lock is. The parlay is the parlay. Again, in itself, we always try and edge it towards plus money. As for the dog, the dog can be anything. If it's plus money, it qualifies. And when I picked um, 25 plus money winners at 25 and 21 last year, that doesn't mean that this show at all picks easy favourites. I don't want to hone in on one piece of feedback because... Obviously, most of the feedback for this show is great and we do need more reviews from you guys. So keep them coming because this is a brand new feed. It isn't a brand new concept, but it is a brand new feed. And the expansion of soccer is a brand new concept. So we do need those reviews because that is what generates more advertisers and more advertisers generate more money and more money generates more shows. So we do need you guys to hop on and get involved. And if you want to get more sweeps off me, more shows, more content, then make sure that you leave me those iTunes reviews and I would appreciate it. Plus, if you tweet me those, if you DM me those reviews, I will always DM you back and I'll send you some free plays. I will send you some free plays for this weekend, if you DM me those iTunes reviews for the Soccer Gambling Podcast, a brand new feed. We're not on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network anymore. We've moved over. If you're listening to this, you probably know that already. But you know that because we've moved over, it's a new feed and we need new reviews. So that's all of the housekeeping out of the way. Let's look at the games. Let's try and navigate our way towards another good show and another sweep here. And we start at 1230 with Everton versus West Brom. And I want you guys to try and catch this line before it's added to everybody's parlays because Everton looked very good against Tottenham last week and they are currently available at 3-5. to five. It's 10-3 to three to draw and it's 21-4. to four. I think this is going to head towards minus 200 or maybe even worse once people start factoring it in. I think everybody's high on Everton. I think the public are high on Everton. And usually this is a situation where you want to be against the public. Very inconsistent team throughout the years. Got a big win last week. This is usually a letdown spot. I don't see it. I don't see it with Everton. I don't see it with Arsenal this week. I think these sleeping giants are going to continue to turn up. I love, love, love the signings that Ancelotti's made. That midfield is a top four midfield. That is elite. With the Corey in there, you're looking at James Rodriguez. Obviously, James Rodriguez needs to play. I mean, you've got Gilfie Sigerson not making it in the team because you have such a quality group of midfielders there with Alan as well signing from Napoli and they got him for really cheap because a few years ago he was a player that everybody wanted and Napoli off the back of a poor season last year suddenly you were able to get Alan for under 25 million so really really good solid business by Everton I don't think that they're going to fall on this banana skin here at home to West Brom West Brom didn't look good for me this season's relegation race is very, very easy to predict in terms of two teams. Fulham and West Brom are going straight back down. And off the back of their results last week, it's easy to see why. 
I don't think West Brom are going to do anything here. I don't think that they're going to score. I think this Everton defence is looking watertight as well. In, in Luca Dinia, they have a left back who can play for anybody in the top four. For me, he is the best left back in this league and he plays for Everton. So that's a quality player there. Good centre back per- pairing of uh, Minya and Keane. If they can get the best out of Jerry Mina, then he can be a top quality centre back. We all saw him in the World Cup for Colombia. Obviously, he'd be happy to have his teammate, Amis Rodriguez, joining him here. Joining him, joining him there. Um, I think all the harmony here is right for Everton to have a decent season and challenge for the top six. And the pressure is going to be on Tottenham if Tottenham continue to play the way they did last week. But I think a lot has been made of how poor Tottenham were, but not enough has been made about how good Everton were. And I think we'll see Everton win again here. The money line for me has solid value at three to five. If you want to win a little bit more, well, considerably more, you can take Everton to win to nil and you can get that at 15 to eight. Because as I said, I don't see West Brom scoring in this game. So adding Everton to nil adds some value to this as they win this game with a clean sheet. Moving on to Leeds versus Fulham. Leeds are available here at three to five. It's three to one the draw, and it's nine to two on Fulham. Now, when you're saying to me that I'm taking Leeds at the same price as I'm taking Everton, that Everton play starts to look like absolutely incredible value because these are two teams that came up at the same time. Although Leeds came up as champions and Fulham came up via the playoff route, they are still two teams that got promoted together. And for Leeds to be the same type of favourite as Everton are, after the way Everton played last week against another newly promoted team who was spanked in their first game of the season, that doesn't really sit right with me. A lot has been made of Leeds' performance against Liverpool. However, people also need to factor in how poor Liverpool looked defensively. And we'll talk about Liverpool's defensive stats when we get to the game of the week, which is Chelsea versus Liverpool. So you have to factor in how poor Liverpool looked defensively before you turn around and say Leeds are 100% bona fide Premier League team and there's absolutely no chance that they're going to go down and they're going to be safe and they're going to be in the top half of the table. You cannot make that assumption off the back of what Leeds did against Liverpool. However... Leeds beat Fulham 3-0 when the teams met at Ellen Road in June. Fulham shipped three goals against Arsenal in the first Premier League game of the season. Leeds notched three goals in their first Premier League now and against Liverpool, which we just spoke about. And Leeds have scored two or more goals in five of their last seven home matches in all competitions. So we have the data. So this isn't simply a case of saying Leeds will win off the back of the fact they scored three goals against Liverpool last week and Fulham lost at Arsenal. No, there isn't that. There's history between the two teams. But my qualm is simply this. Leeds should not be an equal favourite to Everton. And I think once logic sets in and people start making their bets this weekend, Everton will emerge as a stronger favourite than Leeds. Will they both win? I think they'll both win. A side bet on this that I like is Leeds over 1.5 team goals, which is available at even money. And obviously that couples in with what we saw from Leeds last week and uh, defensively on Fulham's end. But at the same time, Leeds ain't Arsenal. And this Fulham defence isn't Liverpool. And it's funny to say that because obviously Liverpool have a stronger defence than Fulham. But tactical implementation 
between what Fulham will do and what Liverpool will do and how they'll approach this game will be very different because Liverpool would have been lacklustre and have had no fear of losing that game to Leeds. I think that they didn't show him enough respect. Fulham here will know that they can get destroyed by Leeds and we may see more defensive tactics implemented than what we saw with Liverpool last weekend where they ended up engaging in a shootout which they ended up winning but they needed two penalties to win that game. So I'm not saying it wasn't an impressive performance by Leeds. I'm just saying let's factor in how lazy and lacklustre Liverpool's defence probably were. And as I said, later on in the show, we will talk about that Liverpool defence and have some statistical data to support what we're saying. Up next, we look at Manchester United versus Crystal Palace, where Man United are very short here. Manchester United are available at 3-10. It's 17-4 the draw and it's 17-2 on Crystal Palace. As a United fan, I'm not super keen on us here as 3-10 to 10 favourites because the automatic assumption is that we'll come out the gates and win this game. We've seen teams come out the gate and start rusty. Crystal Palace will certainly know how to play against us. A lot's been made of their post-lockdown form. They had nothing to play for. They had nothing to play for. They couldn't go up. They couldn't go down. I mean, they couldn't get into Europe. They couldn't go down. There was nothing for Palace to play for. We saw them last week. They beat Southampton. And when they played against Manchester United, although the score was 2-0 in the lockdown period, Palace had chances to score goals in that game. So that wasn't as cut and dry as the 2-0 suggests. And as I said, they beat Manchester United at Old Trafford last season by two goals to one. So this is a difficult team to play against. It's a difficult team to break down. They will set out their stall. Attack takes longer to come to fruition than defence. So if you're thinking Man United's attack is going to... instantly click when you're looking at Greenwood and Martial and Fernandez and Rashford and Pogba and Van der Beek being signed as well. It's not. It's not going to immediately click. I'm just hoping that our back line is tight enough to not concede a goal here against Crystal Palace because as of late, Manchester United have been conceding goals. And I feel that if we do concede the first goal in this game, that's going to make it very, very difficult to win this game because Palace will be even more difficult to break down. Both teams have scored in three of the last five meetings between these two. Both teams have registered in each of United's three uh, last three Premier League home games. However, the good news here for United is that they are unbeaten in 14 Premier League assignments and have lost just one of the last 17 Premier League fixtures at Old Trafford. So... There's a lot of data there to, to suggest that Man United are beginning to turn it around. Old Trafford are beginning to turn this ground into a fortress again. I do expect Manchester United to win this game, but I'm not liking us here at 3-10. to 10. And when a team is 3-10, to 10, it begins to start to offer up handicap options. So the option that I like the best here is Crystal Palace plus 2 on the Asian handicap line here at 4-6. to six. What that means is, is if Manchester United win this game by one goal, then you cash this bet. If Manchester United don't win this game, then you cash this bet. If Manchester United win this game by two goals, then you push this bet. So the only way you lose this bet is if Manchester United do come out, instantly hit the ground running and beat Crystal Palace by three goals 
I don't see it. The value here at four to six, Manchester United not to beat Crystal Palace by more than two goals. Crystal Palace plus two here on the Asian handicap line at four to six. Man United win this game, but they certainly don't come out and trounce a very well-organised and very good defensive Crystal Palace team with more of an incentive here than they had last season playing 10 games they didn't give a shit about last season. Moving on to Saturday night's late game, it's Arsenal at home to West Ham. Arsenal here are available at 1-2, minus 200. It's 7-2 to draw and it's 5-1 on West Ham. Now, can you imagine if I took Arsenal as my lock this week? I'm allowed to do it. They're at minus 200. Hell, I could take a minus 400 lock if I wanted to. I'm the one who implemented my own rules on this show in order to give you guys the best chance at winning the most money possible. I could have a 100% record if I came on here and nailed minus 300, minus 400 locks. So I implemented the minus 200 rule myself. So I could easily take Arsenal here as the lock. And to be honest, why wouldn't you? How are West Ham going to win this game? We've seen how Arsenal looked last week. We've seen him under Mikel Arteta. They've got more and more consistent. Arsenal have beat West Ham in 10 of the club's 11 meetings. Arsenal beat West Ham by two goals or more in five of their last eight games against them in North London, which is Arsenal's home ground. Arsenal are unbeaten in nine league games at home, winning seven of them. And West Ham have failed to score in seven of their last 15 Premier League away assignments. The Asian handicap line here, the minus one Asian handicap line is available at 10 to 11. That means... If Arsenal win this game by just one goal, you push. If Arsenal don't win this game, you lose. If Arsenal win it by two, you win. I would be all over that. But for me, Arsenal are an absolute must in your parlays. Just take them in the money line. Here's a secret. I am going to take them as a lock. But I'm going to give you two just so that guy doesn't cry. So yeah, so no reason not to take Arsenal. I don't care if the minus 200. I'm not going to not take this because... This is just free money for me. Look at the data behind it. Look at the way Arsenal are playing. Look at how West Ham started last week at home to, to Newcastle, losing to a plus 275 underdog. And we were on it. So I wish I had a uh, soundboard here. I'd play some like dog barking shit in between that. But I'll leave the gimmicks to Ryan and Sean. We'll just get on and do our, our show here and try and finish it in the 30 minutes so you guys can get the bets on. But yeah, Arsenal money line here for me. Or if you don't want to take that, Arsenal minus one on the Asian handicap. Moving on to Sunday. Tough game to call here. Uh, Southampton hosting Tottenham. Southampton are the 2-1 underdogs, so they have all the value on them. It's 12-5 to the draw, and it's 6-5 to on Spurs. Who, oh who, is going to be taking Tottenham at 6-5 to off the back of how they've looked so far this season? They look absolutely shit against Everton. Then they go to Bulgaria to qualify for the Europa League and they almost go out. They needed two goals to win the game in the last nine minutes against nine men. I mean, this is a pretty embarrassing start to the season for Tottenham and Jose Mourinho. I wish they were covering this on Amazon Prime. Instead, it's just going to be last season's footage that we're going to get throughout this season. But it'll be interesting to see their reaction to this. The reaction has been to bring in two players, Regulian and Gareth Bale, are on the way in. Regulian was a player that Manchester United were trying to sign. The left-back who was at Sevilla last season and is owned by Real Madrid. 
But as per usual, Man United struggle to do business with Real Madrid. They want some kind of um, buyback clause. Man United have pulled out the deal. So Regulion will be going to Tottenham. Doesn't seem like a very ambitious player to me. And Gareth Bale, we know that he stopped caring about football a long time ago. That's why he's focused on his golf career and his golf handicap for the last few years at Real Madrid. So questionable signings for me. We'll see how they do. I mean, Gareth Bale could arrive in London and in the familiar surroundings and just go off on one. Um, I wouldn't have minded him at Manchester United, to be honest. I thought it would have worth the gamble. I thought it was worth the £20 million in wages if we cannot secure Jordan Sancho, and it's looking like we won't. But this is what Tottenham have done. But none of these players are going to feature this week, so it's all going to be the same tired players that have performed badly this season. So this would be an automatic dog pick for me if Southampton themselves hadn't started so poorly. They couldn't muster up a goal against uh, Crystal Palace last weekend. They ended up losing away to Crystal Palace. And what's even more concerning, in midweek, they put out a very strong team at home to Brentford in the Championship and were knocked out of the League Cup by two goals to nil. So I think that would be more concerning. And that is what's making this game very, very difficult to cap. If I was to just take the easy route here, I would take Southampton to avoid a defeat here. Southampton on the double chance market. You can get that at four to six. I don't have much faith in the two teams' defences either. I think both teams will be able to score here at four to five. And if I really, really do want to push the boat out, I will be taking Southampton as the dog there at two to one. I'm still undecided on that. We'll see what happens at the end of the show. But for me... Fade Tottenham here. I think Southampton are more likely to get back on track. At least they've stayed in England and we'll be looking at that result, that, that poor home defeat against Brentford and working on everything. And we've seen this manager, he's got some good resolve. Last year they lost 9 0 to Leicester and Hassan Hootel completely overturned that throughout the course of the season. And Southampton had a good finish to the season, including the third best away record in the Premier League. So they're at home here. Um, last last season, post-lockdown, they were good at home. They finished good at home, including getting a win over Manchester City. So I expect a big performance here from Southampton. And um, I think Tottenham may still have the Europa League hangover. And I'm not entirely sure that these players are enamoured with the tactics. Towards the end of last season, it looked like they were playing for Mourinho. At the start of this season, it looks like they don't. Um, I'm not sure how happy these Tottenham players will be with the lack of possession and ambition they had against a team like Everton, who not only beat them, they outplayed them on the pitch as well. So I think that would be a big concern to the Tottenham players. Up next, we have Newcastle versus Brighton, where Brighton are the 9-5 underdogs. It's 8-5 on Newcastle, it's 11-5 the draw. Why are Brighton 95 underdogs here? Why are they not much bigger? Why are Newcastle not closer to even money favourites to win this game? Newcastle are a good team. And after last week's result where they were stupidly plus 275 underdogs and we nailed it. Um, I thought the bookies would be showing them more respect. Look at the business that they've done. Look at the season they had last year. They were a significantly better team than Brighton. And... They are significantly better at home. Last week, we took them to travel to London and Newcastle are not good at historically at travelling to London. But I just felt there was such a big discrepancy in between the business that's been done in the summer and the way the two teams looked. I thought Newcastle were a better team than Tottenham, sorry, than, than West Ham. 
they could be a better team than Tottenham, but they are a better team than West Ham. And I think that they are a better team than Brighton here. And it's massive value here. Don't overthink it. Newcastle, 8-5 to five here to win this game at home to Brighton. Let's just take that and move on. I'm not understanding that because, obviously, I'm not advocating that Newcastle should be the odds-on favourites in this game. But the fact is, is that Newcastle are at 8-5 and Brighton are at 9-5. to five. So you're basically saying that if the roles were reversed and Brighton were the home team, you would make them significant favourites and Brighton would be favourites on a neutral ground. Brighton wouldn't be or shouldn't be. And if you look at the players and you did some kind of combi 11 between these two, it would be dominated by these Newcastle players and all of the new Newcastle signings would get in. So big, big value here. Newcastle all day for me here at 8-5. to five. Before we move on to the game of the week, let me let you know that your winning season has returned at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane player props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers around. Get in on the action. Use the promo code SGP and double your first deposit. That's right. New players get up to one thousand dollars in free play and it's designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet bet with the best this season for the nfl for your chance to win big use the promo code sgp and double your first deposit your winning season begins today only at my bookie also don't forget to head over to DraftKings and download that DraftKings app and use the code sgp once again for a limited time, new users can get a free shot of millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week two action. Enter the code SGP and get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code SGP only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Also, if you want to get an advantage over the sports book with the NBA, NHL, MLB, with everything back in action, all you need to do is download the BetQL app, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. You can head over to betcure.co, enter the code SGP, and you will get 20% off your first deposit. You can also head to the App Store or the Google Play Store to download BetQL. And finally, don't forget to check out Ace Per Head. That's where you need to go if you've ever thought about starting your own sportsbook but don't know how. Ace will help you start that sportsbook. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site. They have top-notch customer support, which is 24-7, and the sharpest lines in the industry. They have live betting. They offer an amazing mobile betting experience, and you can get started today. Ace is offering up to six weeks free. All you need to do is go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Moving on to the game of the week, it is, of course, Chelsea hosting Liverpool. I have written up an article about this over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Every week, I look at the game of the week. I break it down more extensively than I even do here, where I look at the combined 11s, the head-to-heads, and I give predictions, scoreline predictions on all of the other Premier League matches. Last week, I hit... Brighton and Chelsea 3-1 at 12-1. So you can make money betting those scorelines. Make sure you check that out. Scoreline predictions and the game of the week preview with a combined 11. And the combined 11 from Chelsea and Liverpool was only 6-5 to Liverpool. So you can see these two teams are getting closer because four of Chelsea's five new signings got into that team. And speculation is that four of them are going to play in this one because Silva and Chilwell have returned to training. Chelsea are the 2-1 to Moneyline underdogs to win this game. It's 3-1 to on the draw. And 
It's 11 to 10 on Liverpool. I don't want none of Liverpool for all of the reasons that I've outlined in that article. I think this is a bad spot for them. I think they've been a team that are in bad form. I think the key statistic that leaps out is Liverpool's current defensive record. But between these two teams, over 2.5 goals have been scored in three of the last four meetings between Chelsea and Liverpool. So goals is where you want to be at with this one. Both teams have scored in three of those last four encounters as well. Liverpool have won just 50% of their last 16 competitive matches. And Chelsea are really good at home at the moment. They've won all of their last seven domestic league home game domestic home game sorry that includes league and cup so Chelsea have been much improved Liverpool have been on a downer a lot of people are very very quick to point to the fact that they didn't have much to play for post lockdown I've always thrown that theory out because I know this team were playing for records. They were talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And okay, people will turn around and say they're always going to answer questions and say, yes, 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 we're still going to try. But that's when teams are trying to be politically correct under normal circumstances when they're playing up against teams where they could affect relegation races, etc. They were playing for themselves. They were playing for a 100% home record. They were playing for the Premier League all-time points record total. They were playing for all of these things. They were trying. They're just a team that I think their legs have gone. They've been found out. It's tactically a lot easier to play against them. They're going to press, so don't let them press you. They're going to leave gaps in and behind. And the fullbacks, despite the fact that we've talked about them and given them such high praise, Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold are frequently out of position. And this team are outnumbered to the point where a team like Leeds can find a net three times at Anfield. The complacency is creeping in. And I think it's very, very difficult to maintain what you do when you when you're unless you're a very 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 top team to continue to win trophies it requires a special kind of mentality to win the champions league and then win the league and and then move on from that look at look at france look at france a large number of those players played very very poorly the season after they won the world cup there is such a thing as success hangover and you need to be a special kind of athlete in order to have the motivation to continue on winning and winning and winning. And I'm not saying Liverpool don't have those players. I imagine the likes of Sadio Mane and Mo Salah and Van Dijk, they are those kind of players. What about the rest? You need 11 winners on your team. And what I'm seeing is a complacent team that didn't get the record for the Premier League points total last season, had a poor record post-lockdown, are currently very, very questionable in defence. If we look at this defensive record, which I'm just trying to, to pull up, Liverpool have kept just two clean sheets in their last 16 competitive fixtures. So there is signs there of this team regressing. And as I said, it seemed like I picked Atletico Madrid. I picked Atletico Madrid to beat this team because it seemed like Watford in the 2-0 defeat at Anfield, they limited Liverpool to very, very few chances. And Mo Salah won the goal, had to break the deadlock there. And it seemed like it was becoming more and more apparent how you play 
against this Liverpool team. Liverpool want to press you. If you don't allow them to press you and you clear your lines, then Liverpool have to break you down at the back and they still don't have the players in order to do that. They don't have the players to... They Yes, they have the players that can implement the press perfectly. They have tons and tons of cardio. They have tons and tons of energy. That's what their fullbacks do. That's what their wide players do. This is what Liverpool have been based around. Heavy metal football. But when heavy metal football doesn't work, you need the playmaker, you need the Kevin De Bruyne that will unlock the door. Now, I do understand that Thiago Alcantara is on his way to Liverpool. That is a good signing if it works, if he can physically keep up with the Premier League. To me, he doesn't look like a big physical presence, which is possibly why Manchester United decided to pass on him, because Manchester United would have been interested in him and probably would have paid him more than Liverpool. But at the same time, when you look at Bruno Fernandes at Man United, he isn't a big physical presence either and he's managed to cope absolutely fine in the Premier League. But there's always question marks over certain players. I don't know if it's a given that Thiago is going to hit the ground running in the Premier League, but he does have the capability of playing that defence-splitting ball that Liverpool need to create more chances. But that's one for the future. Thiago isn't playing in this game and I'm not too sure that I'm willing to take Liverpool here that have looked so defensively insecure against this Chelsea team that looked so good in their first game and are only going to get better as players get more and more experience. But at the same time, even though Chilwell and Silva may play in this game, that doesn't automatically fix Chelsea's defence because Chelsea have been conceding a lot of goals as well. Over 2.5 goals rattled the net and both teams scored in three of the last four meetings between these two with an average of 4.25 goals coming in across the 90 minute periods and Liverpool scored 11 in their last five against this Chelsea team so for me I want to fade Liverpool here but I'm not willing to necessarily jump on that Chelsea money line but I am willing to take uh, Chelsea here on the double chance market at four to six to avoid a defeat. I also like over 2.5 goals and both teams to score and you can currently get that at eight to 11. So you need both to happen. You need both teams to find the net and you need the over to hit. I have no qualms with that. I have this as a uh, as a Desmond 2-2 draw as predicted on my uh, on my article. But go and check that out. Go and have a look who made it into the combined 11 and, rather, and uh, ugh, my other predictions for the rest of the week. The final game on Sunday is Leicester at home to Burnley. Leicester are the obvious favourites here to win this game. They are available at 33-50. to 50. So that's pretty much four to six. It's 31 to 10 to draw and it's five to one on Burnley. Burnley do make themselves very, very difficult to beat and very, very difficult to break down. However, we did see Burnley start the lockdown period where they're beating against Manchester City. So they're a team that are coming in cold. Villa are a team that are coming in cold. City are a team coming in cold. And Man United are a team coming in cold. They're teams that are starting their first game of the season. When I say cold, I mean it's their first game of the season. I mean, they could have had an amazing preseason and just look incredible like some teams did last week. Talking about Everton, talking about Arsenal, even Leicester all made very good starts to the season. I think with Leicester playing their second game and coming off the back of a win and Burnley playing their opener, I am going to take Leicester here on the money line to win this game. I don't think it's going to be a very high scoring game. I think it's going to be Leicester dominating the possession, trying to mainly break this Burnley team down. And eventually, I think that they'll find a breakthrough. This isn't a strong pick for me, though. I don't think this is going to be a lock or anything like that. The reason being is that 
Burnley can make themselves very difficult to break down. They can organise themselves very well. And if Leicester have a frustrating day, it can lead to them being complacent and caught at the back. You've seen teams have all the ball, all the possession, create all of the chances. And then all of a sudden, the other team just get a corner at the other end and score. That is the EPL. That is the beauty of it. And that is the frustrating part of it as well for betters. And that could easily happen. Burnley can find themselves scoring the first goal in a game where they've been absolutely dominated in every single statistic in the game. Don't be surprised to see that happen. And it can happen when... You have a team that are very well organised and defend as well as Burnley do, especially under Sean Dyche. So I'm going to take Leicester here on the money line. But for me, not a strong pick. I also like the under here, the under at even money here, under 2.5 goals in this one. Moving on to Monday's games and we start with Villa versus Sheffield United. Villa, the narrow favourites at 13 to 8, 9 to 4 to draw and it's 17 to 10 on Sheffield United. I think Sheffield United are going to struggle this season, but I also think Villa are going to struggle this season. I think these are two teams that could be in contention to go down with West Brom and Fulham, along with possibly Brighton, because I saw signs last week that they are still not going to play who's in front of them and they are going to blindly continue to play their football. They're not going to implement negative tactics against the top six teams and make themselves more difficult to break down. So it's almost a given that Brighton are going to lose to all of the top six. That's going to put them in a bad position. As for these two teams, I just think they generally lack the quality to be in any other position. So I think anything above 17th for either is going to be a good result. I think Sheffield United's freak season was exactly that. We may see a more reality, I mean, more realistic type of season for them this year that will match the personnel that they have within their squad because they massively overachieved last year. Probably didn't get enough credit for it because of the way the season finished, but I think they'll struggle this season. Villa will struggle as well. And I think the pricing here for the match is just about right. There has been some regression on Sheffield United because had they still been the same team they were last season, they would be narrow favourites to win this game, but they're narrow underdogs. I think as they get worse throughout the season and it becomes more realistic that they are going to be solidly in the bottom half, then you may see Villa as favourites to win this game. That's if Villa can have a better season than they had last season. But I think at the moment, when you're looking at the pricing for this game, with Villa being very narrow favourites, I think that's right for me. It's back-to-back unders, just like the last game. I think this is definitely an under game, especially with Sheffield United not looking very good on the attacking front last week and Aston Villa coming in and playing their first game. And they weren't exactly the best attacking team either last year. Under 2.5 goals were scored in both of the two teams' games last season, including the nil-nil in the lockdown period. Uh, Sheffield United drew nine of their 19 Premier League away games last term. And that was key to them having such a good season, making themselves so difficult to beat on the road. The Blades averaged just 0.78 goals per 90 minutes on the road in the Premier League last season and Villa notched one or fewer goals in 11 of their last 12 Premier League matches at the end of last season. That was Villa playing well and doing enough to survive from an impossible position. So I don't really see these two teams suddenly being involved in a goal fest. So I love the under here and you can get the under on this one at 8 to 11. And that's where I'll be going with this one. Don't see many goals in this one. And uh, it has lock potential, this one. Lock potential here. The under 2.5 goals in Aston Villa, Sheffield United on Monday at 8 to 11. The final game we're going to look at is Manchester City's season opener away to Wolves where Wolves are a huge 5-1 to underdog 
It's 10 to 3 to draw and it's 2 to 5 on Manchester City. Wolves have only lost one game to Manchester City in the four meetings they've had since Wolves were promoted. So Wolves are a team that Manchester City struggle to play against. Wolves have scored five goals in their two Premier League clashes with City last season. So there's more evidence there to suggest that this isn't going to be an easy game that City are going to just walk into and win. City are coming off the back of a pre-season. This is their first game. Wolves started last week away Sheffield United. Looked good, winning 2-0. Could have been more. Lucky it wasn't because we were on the under. So... I think there's real reason here to think that Wolves can avoid a defeat and at least both teams can score. Wolves have actually scored in 16 of their last 19 Premier League home matches, whereas City, they always score and their away record suggests they'll score here. 2.36 goals on average over a 90-minute period last term on the road. So Manchester City are definitely going to find a net here. It's just a case of what Wolves can do. I like the 2-2 in the uh, Chelsea-Liverpool game. And I similarly like something like that here. Maybe it won't be as attacking as that because maybe Wolves were set up to be more preventative and stop Manchester City playing. But whatever Wolves do and whatever tactics Nuno Espirito Santo has previously implemented, he has already had great success against Manchester City. And I think this situation with City coming in, playing their first game, haven't really added too much. It'd be interesting to see if Nathan Ake comes straight into the team. Don't know what the status is still on Sergio Aguero, but I always like City less without him. I think there's a possibility here that Wolves can avoid a defeat. You can get Wolves at 2-1 to one on the double chance market, or you can take Wolves plus one at evens. Now, what that means is, is that Wolves can actually lose this game by a single goal and you will still end up pushing. So Manchester City can win this game by a goal and you'll still get the push. And if Wolves do avoid the defeat, then you're a winner and you're taking even money here instead of two to one. But if you're convinced that Manchester City are going to come out here and struggle and Wolves will definitely get something, then take Wolves here at two to one. But for me... I'm happy taking the plus one here on the Asian handicap line at even money because I do think Manchester City are going to struggle. It does give me more protection though because if Manchester City win this game by a goal, we do end up with a push and we've lost absolutely nothing playing this final game on Monday. Closing out with the locks on this show. I say locks because I'm not going to not take Arsenal here when I'm absolutely certain that they win this game at home to West Ham just based on the fact that it's quite close to minus 200. As I look around, I've actually seen that you can get this at 11 to 20, 8 to 15, 4 to 7. It just so happened that the one book that I was using that I priced this show up with, which is Bet365, they had Arsenal at 1 to 2. However, as I shop around and look around the other books here, as I'm doing my lock dog parlay, I can see that you can get Arsenal at an even better price. So Arsenal is the first lock at 11 to 20. Lock number two, which is at 8 to 11, will be on Monday. I am going to take Aston Villa and Sheffield United to have under 2.5 goals on Monday night. For the dog on this show, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you two because one of them can push. I'm going to go for Chelsea as a pick. So I'm going to go for Chelsea as a pick here to win that game against Liverpool. Obviously, that can push because it can end up being a draw. But I think there's good value here on Chelsea as an underdog and especially in the pick market where you can get refunded if the game ends up being a draw. And 
I'm going to go for Everton to win to nil. So Everton to win with a clean sheet, which is available at 15 to 8. It's nearly plus 200 there. So I think Everton will win that game and I just cannot see West Brom scoring. So Everton to win to nil is your second dog and you can get that at 15 to 8. As for the parlay, I've gone for an interesting one here. I've gone for Arsenal again. I've doubled down on them. I've gone for Everton against West Brom and I've added Newcastle as a pick. So if the Newcastle game ends up being a draw, then you have a two-team moneyline parlay with Everton and Arsenal. So Newcastle at 5-6 to six are the ones that add value to this parlay. If it comes in, if you actually have £100 on this and Newcastle win and Everton win and Arsenal end up winning, you end up winning £452. That's taking a 5-6, to six, a 3-5, to five, and an 8 to 15 on Arsenal, and that's at Bet365. You end up winning £452 off 100. Really, really like that parlay. If Newcastle do end up pushing this selection, you're still going to end up with £240 because alone at 3 to 5 Everton and 8 to 15 Arsenal, that still pays out as 7 to 5. So that's still going to return you 240 if Newcastle end up pushing. But Newcastle have been added for the extra value. I'm not worried about them losing. I think they were great value on the money line at 8 to 5. But they're even safer here in the pick market because as a draw, if a draw occurs, sorry, you end up getting your money back. So that is the parlay. I'll run through those picks again. The lock, Arsenal on the money line, 8-15. to The under in Sheffield United, Aston Villa at 8-11. to Chelsea draw no bet as a pick at 5-4. to Everton to nil at 15-8. to And then the parlay, Arsenal, Everton and Newcastle as a pick. That pays out 452 off 100. That's it for Match Day 2 edition of the EPL shows. We look for another sweep, hopefully. Make sure you check out Das Bundesliga show, which is both a season preview and looking at the week one games. And your La Liga bonus show will be dropping tomorrow. So make sure you check that out as well. And the European show will be out this week on lockbetting.com. That's it for me. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And... Thanks for listening.